We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for. Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. Each month in our Thrive Marriage Lab membership community, we interview an expert on the topic we're discussing. While the entire interview is only available to members, we'll bring you a snippet of those conversations to launch our monthly theme. This month, we're talking about how major life transitions impact our marriages with David Robbins, president of Family Life, a ministry of Crew. We enter into hearing David referencing their transition from Italy back to the States, and then we'll pick up with Chris and Tracy's discussion. I I remember taking an emotionally healthy spirituality um, inventory Mm -hmm. and my grieving score was like bottomed out. This was a year later Mm -hmm. after we had moved back. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, I kind of enjoy funerals. Like, uh, you know, there's something holy about them. And um, as the process group I was in turned on me, you know, that moment when everyone begins to process something surface, like, oh, spotlight's on me. Here we go. And uh, I just realized I had no clue how to grieve a place. And Mm. Meg had been grieving silently. It kind of, you know, been trying to raise her hand, grasping for air and for help. And I was just thriving in my new job role. I loved being back. It was my comfort zone. Um, American time, um, you know, order was much more my gig than Italian looping time. And Meg was drowning. And it took, Mm. it really took me um, taking that assessment in combination with having a special needs kid that just kind of put me on the sideline where God Mm. made me deal with, um, I really emotionally disconnected. And I think that's what can tr- transitions can do so much and why we pay so much attention to them now is that I emotionally disconnected. We grew, our oneness group, we grew really isolated in that time, even though things were still functioning and looking okay. And um, yeah, I was not meeting her in the depths of her loss and pain. And actually I wasn't meeting myself in that place either. So I thought I was doing great. But man, it started bubbling up when something, a life circumstance like a, a kid being born with special needs and uh, something like an assessment to put it in my face made me start dealing with it. And it just took us into deeper levels of intimacy and made us approach every transition we've had since then really differently. So in talking with David Robbins, uh, I was so mindful of the, the times that Beth and I have had significant transitions. We we lived overseas for a good portion of our marriage, and there was the transition of going from the United States overseas to the new place uh, where we lived uh, and, and did ministry, and then the transition back from the United States or from the international place back to the United States. Um, and it was even not back to what we would call home. It was back to a totally new city and a new situation. So I was totally tracking with him and talking about the the transitions there. Um, for me, one of the things that was really, really important was uh, for your marriage, it's not only important to say goodbye to the people that we are leaving because we we're making a transition. We're leaving, we're leaving relationships uh, behind. Uh, we're also leaving places behind. And he talked about the, the necessity of saying goodbye 
to the places and particularly the, the Friday night lights mm-hmm. uh, space, the football stadium that, that had become part of the, the narrative of their family right. that they knew was not going to be part of the new narrative in the new place mm-hmm. and saying goodbye to those things. So um, Tracy, how have you and Mark how, in the transitions right. that you guys have made recognized like places, not uh, places as well as people hold story. That resonated for me also. We have, we have made a lot of transitions. Um, Mark and I have moved, I think it's, it's 17 or 18 times oh, goodness. Wow. in the course of our marriage. And um, I, seven or eight of those have been cross country moves. Wow. Um, so that, that certainly resonated for me. And, and we moved a lot when I was a kid too. So just that whole places hold stories and stories become part of the fabric of your life. And so those, those stories from those places um, are part of the fabric of your marriage. And whether you, um, you may not as a couple have made as dramatic a move as you and Beth have, or as Mark and I have, but you've certainly moved from one place to the next. You've known a, an apartment, right? Where a, a portion of the story happened and then you've moved to a house or maybe you've moved to more than one house. And one of the things I know that we talked about with David was our tendency can be to just jump to the the goodness the excitement the what's coming right of the place we're going to Mm -hmm. and i think that's so indicative of sort of our western Mm -hmm. um go-getter mindset yeah yeah, just Mm -hmm. our our our, just this like energy that says we you know it's the next good thing it's the next good thing and and you know i'm going to interject this that i think in the midst of this pandemic with coronavirus, that energy is getting arrested for most of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's disorienting. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because it's hard to sort of muster up or, or drum up or dig down and find this upbeat, whoo-hoo, right. Right, this energy awesome for the thing. next, right. Right. You know, um, in thinking about like honoring the places and the stories that those places hold as we, as I was thinking about, you know, the Friday night lights and all the stuff that David was talking about, there's, there's not only the, the communal story that the marriage holds with that, with that place or the family holds with that place. There's the individual stories as well. I think about, you know, when Beth and I were transitioning back from Turkey to the United States, we needed to, we needed to go to some of those places that held story for us together. Mm-hmm. You know, the places that the restaurant where we celebrated this anniversary or the place where this, you know, tra- uh, trauma happened or, or whatever that was for us. But even in that place, it was like, you know, the, Um, this location, it was my experience of that location and her experience of that location Mm -hmm. that we needed to then talk about so that it could be actually be honored as our, as our corporate, our marital story of what was going on there because we're two individuals. And yet that place held a 
a story for us together that was knit to get, you know, part of the fabric of, uh, of our marriage from both of our perspectives. Well, and I, I, that makes me think Mark and I, I mean, as most of us are, like, we're very different people. Mark is very extroverted and I am more introverted. And there's a season that we lived in, uh, in Baltimore, Maryland, and Mark did a lot of working in the district of Columbia. Mm-hmm. We had one car and, and for Mark, those years are, he has so many awesome stories from that year that we lived in Baltimore and, you know, met this Senator and got to tour the rotunda of the Capitol with, you know, another Senator and you can't get up there without a Senator. And, uh, and he was on a um, softball team uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, want, made it to the playoffs. So just all, all of this. And for me, like, that was, that was terrible. That year that we lived in Baltimore for the most part was, was awful. And, um, uh, and so our experience of that place, mm-hmm. um, as we've, t- we, and it was a place we had to go back and talk about the stories that Baltimore held for us mm-hmm. later on in our marriage, because there was a, there's a pivotal moment in our driveway there where I looked at him and said, get me out of here. Like this (laughs) might be your dream and this is not mine. And at the time I was pregnant with our second daughter and I said, I I will not be giving birth here. (laughs) Right. So, right. I like that's part of that. Mm-hmm. that's part of the fabric and it, and it's not all bad. I, you know, I mean, there's some sweet memories that are there too, but to your point, right. Our, our individual, can we honor mm-hmm. the difference between us? Mm-hmm. And well, and I think both honor and also like, if you think about it in the context of like a written story, there might be a few sentences that so far has been told about your time in Baltimore. Um, but that as you take the time to go back to some of those places and talk about it, it's almost like those few sentences become a few paragraphs. It's, it expands the story to actually tell more of the story that the two of you hold uh, individually, but now it becomes more of the story that the two of you hold together. Um, when Beth and I were leaving, we were living in the Middle East uh, overseas and we were there uh, for 9-11. And I remember we were together. Uh, we had one child at the time and we were walking down the street and I had been uh, doing language learning in a kind of a neighborhood circuit, a certain way of learning language, which was more that organic way of learning it from the people rather than from books. And so I had developed kind of a circuit around our neighborhood and there was one electrician who had this small little shop on the side of the street. And, you know, it was probably, you know, a hundred square foot size shop and, as we're walking down the street just to, you know, got to eat or something. Um, it was, uh, I, I think it was, we were like going out to eat cause it was afternoon there when it was morning here in the States. And he pulled me in and it was somebody that I knew, but Beth did not know because he was part of my route, not hers. Mm-hmm. And so he pulled me into the shop and she's like, what's going on? Who is this guy? And, you know, being an electrician, he had multiple TVs in his, in his shop. And, He's like pointing to the TV and um, we had just enough language to be able to kind of figure out what was happening. Some of the, um, 
the the titles on the on the screen were in English, so we could you know get a sense of what had happened, and and so that whole experience there mm-hmm. in the shop uh, with for me with him was different than it was for her. And yet we were both literally like one foot apart as we were watching, watching this. And, and she has family on the East coast and I don't. Um, and so there was this internal experience that she was having in that. And so I, when we left, you know, many years later, when we left um, that, you know, that home overseas, we needed to actually go back to that shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and go back and tell the stories that we experienced in that shop um, and so that I could be a witness to her experience and she could be a witness to mine. And it actually helped close some of the trauma of what it felt like for us to be in the Middle East during 9-11 um, in, in a way that was together rather than apart. She could have gone back to the shop. I could have gone back to the shop. But together, s- telling those stories uh, was really, really important. It makes me think about there was a what, that year that we lived in Baltimore. We only had our oldest daughter, Katie, and, uh, and we didn't have hardly any money at all. But because of something going on with work, we took a trip to New York City. Mm. Um, something that was going on with Mark for work, and so we rode the train, and and Katie and I went, and I think she was probably about one ish, maybe fourteen, fifteen months, and um, and I. I did not, I was terrified in New York. Mm. Absolutely terrified. I, I wouldn't get on a subway. That just, you just, uh, no way. Wasn't going to do that. Um, and, and I was actually really afraid to leave the hotel. I was afraid I was going to get lost. And this was way before there were cell phones, right. You know, where you could just put your little Mm -hmm. phone in and, uh, wouldn't have wanted to ask somebody for directions. And so who I was, I'm a very different woman today than that 26 year old um, was all those years ago. So fast forward and Katie is uh, out, of, out of college and, and has her first job and is living in Philadelphia. And we went to move her in and took our other daughter, Alice, and it was just the four of us. And we took a trip into New York um, just for the day. So it's a few hours from Philadelphia. And we were telling stories in New York and Mark was recalling, you know, I I would only walk a so far block radius from where we were staying. And my girls were just like sitting there stunned in this, in this restaurant. And as we're walking around here and they're like, mom, like that just doesn't even sound like you. Like they just couldn't imagine that that was who I was mm-hmm. back then mm-hmm. and, and our shared stories. So they'd never heard those stories. The girls had never heard those stories. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have known that. And, and it feels like a similar moment as Mark and I were recalling like this, this time and our stories about this place that I think gave my girls like an even deeper sense of who I've become because I married their dad. Right. And how I've grown. Right. And, and so I think that's part of, as we tell these stories about the places, places where we've lived, places where we've been, mm-hmm. we start to remember mm-hmm. um, more of who we are and more of what's true. And what has happened in the meantime, like you said, how you've grown uh, and, and what, a good, what a good way to use place in order to tell stories of who you've become. 
Yeah, uh, and you right. know, for me, I would say I would not be the woman that I am today uh-huh. if I hadn't married Mark. Uh-huh. I would not be, uh-huh. and uh, and so the opportunity for gratitude. A part of what I tell people about why I married Mark is I, I married Mark because he felt like a life. He felt like life to me, and and my world felt very very plastic, and I felt like the biggest thing in that in that world that I lived in and grew up in as a kid. And I met Mark, and it was like, okay, somebody who's bigger than I am, mm-hmm. and he felt like life, mm-hmm. and um and that's been true. I mean, I've come alive, and it hasn't all been beautiful and fabulous. It's we've <laughs> it's a rock it's a rocky road, right? Yeah, as is true for all of us. Well, your word there just a moment ago, the word gratitude. And, and I feel like in making transitions, when we're so focused on what is next, that go-getter, like push into the next thing and get kids in the new school and settle into the new house and decorate and unpack and all those, right? There's, you know, get to know the neighborhood, all that. If we don't spend the time to pause and tell the stories, which lead us to the place of gratitude, I think we're actually missing some significant fuel for that very growth. Oh, for sure. Right? To, to say this happened, and what would I like to take from what happened? Right. This space meant something for me, and I want to be grateful to the Lord. I want to be grateful to my spouse. I want to be grateful to the people who filled this, this building, this stadium, this room, this sidewalk, whatever it might be. And actually mark with them what they have meant so that I can then draw on that in the future for my growth. Um, I think another thing too for, for the conversation with David was when he, uh, he talked about walking into the new house mm-hmm. and how as he walked into the new house and he saw these 25-foot vaulted ceilings and he was like, welcome to Orlando. And, uh, right, and that there was a sense that that wasn't him. It didn't fit mm-hmm him and then he mentioned you know very briefly after that there was some like explosion on the kids for something uh and and that that also i think is part of the story of the transition is what what makes a place a home this Mm -hmm. this was not his preference this this vaulted ceiling or whatever was not his preference and um and i think even to name as he's moving into a place uh, the what will this place, what stories will this place hold might even open up some some opportunity for what it could be versus this judgment of maybe what his first encounter with it is. Oh, for sure. And for for those for those of our listeners that have moved, uh, you know, more than once, you open the boxes and you start taking things out and and putting them away, or for me, oftentimes it's pictures, and it's like, what, what, what will I do, right? I mean, there, there, I have, I, I'm, I'm where, where I'm sitting in my house right now. I can see three pictures that have hung together for uh, 15 years mm-hmm. in in more than one house. So in 15 years, um, the, those pictures have hung together in three different homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I take them out and I hang them up, I can't do that without remembering, well, this is where they hung in that house. And that was what that season meant. And I remember like, this is where they hung in another house mm-hmm. and, and, and they have meaning and they hang together for a reason. Right. But, 
but there's always, I, you know, they don't hang where they did when I put them up for the first time. And I, if you had told me that we wouldn't live in that house for the rest of our lives, I would have told you you were crazy. <laughs> right. Right. Because no, like that was home and, and that was a big deal to me and we weren't going anywhere else. So it's just whew, transitions a, a particularly around space. I just think are there, it is rich ground for your storied self. Yeah. And the fabric, as you said, the stories that make up the fabric of your marriage and to, to hold those sp- spaces and places, just like you hold the people right. that, that the people have written into your life and your story. So have the places. Um, and it, so I just, with that conversation with David, it felt really important just to, to mark that the transitions are uh, when couples can walk into a transition with that kind of thoughtfulness and create that kind of space that David talked about that he and his wife have over the transitions they they've had. Um, I think so much more is possible in both the memory of what was, and then the entrance into what can be. I think there's an opportunity. What would it be like to plan? I don't know, three date nights (laughs) where each of you, you know, you decide we're going to, we're going to talk about this place, you know, and, and, tell your three favorite things and tell your three like hardest things and all and and be available to listen and just be with your spouse and whatever that story is be so interesting to find out where do you overlap and where were your stories where's what you hold from that place so different Thanks for listening to the Thrive Marriage Podcast, where each week we're bringing you personal and professional stories to help your relationship. You can learn more about us at restorationcounselingnoco.com or find out more about the Thrive Marriage Lab membership community over in our digital laboratories, restorylabs.com. We open membership up only twice a year, so make sure you join the waitlist to be the first to know. We'll see you same time, same place next week.